Welcome, Wildcats, to Weber State Weekly. I'm your host, a person who really does own non-purple clothing, Colby Peterson. <laughs> On the pod today, a guy who loves Weber State so much that he's squatting at his in-laws' house just so he can be closer to campus, Sean Lewis. Howdy, everybody. <laughs> and from his underground bunker beneath Stewart Stadium, no tinfoil hat, where he's sequestered until a national championship comes to Ogden, Austin Christensen. I really hope we win this thing next year. I got faith. And from the East Coast, where he's the only member of his alumni chapter there, Mr. John King. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Fellas, I'm excited for today's show. We're going to be talking uh, a little bit of hype. We're going to be talking about a little bit of what you think should happen on campus. So we're going to put you in the AD chair for a minute. And then we're going to play a game called Best of the Worst. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get there. But um, first of all, I wanted to remind everybody to make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Please make sure to follow and rate the podcast so that other folks can find us. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There's also a Facebook group called Weber State Fans. Make sure to get in there and join the conversation with other Wildcats talking about what's coming up with this season in football, basketball, volleyball, and a number of other sports. That's the place. And make sure to tell your friends. Uh, if you like the show, let other, other Wildcats know that the, this thing exists and that they should subscribe too. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to help us grow the alumni destruction. So with that, let us start with a little bit of hype. We're going to be talking preseason rankings galore. Like we talked about last week, there was a virtual event that the Big Sky Conference put on for football. And as part of that, preseason rankings came out for all of the teams in the conference who the coaches and the media thought were going to be the best. And we also got some rankings for uh, some of the best, the preseason all-conference players, and the Wildcats had some, some standouts there. So we ranked number one in football, which was the first time in school history. How about that, fellas? Yeah, that's right. Can't wait. Well, a little bit of hype. A little bit of hype there. We also ranked number two, the volleyball program did, going into preseason rankings. Uh, a really high ranking for a team that did super well in the NIT, basically what is the NIT of the volleyball tournament last year. So a little bit more hype there. And then uh, there are a couple of other important rankings, but we're going to be talking mostly about those two, about football and volleyball. And so start us off, I wanted to get you all's impressions. How do you feel about those preseason rankings for football or volleyball? Uh, Sean, you want to you lead us off and give us, give us your thoughts? Sure. So with football, it's justified. We've had three state conference championships, uh, returning a, a, a lot of the impact players from the team. Uh, Coach Hill has got that that program rocking. Um, I'm always scared of Montana, uh, who was picked second, um, but I it, it's it's going to be awesome and and willing that there's a football season this year and it doesn't get canceled on us. Uh, I think the Wildcats are going to roll. Uh, as far as volleyball goes, uh, Coach Larson has got a good thing going. I'm almost sad that he's got it rocking so good because it's harder to get a ticket in, in the uh, 
Smithfield House, or not Smithfield House, the uh, Swenson Gym. In Swenson, Gym. Swenson Gym. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, for for Coach Larson, uh, recently received an extension in February to continue to to be the coach at Weber State. So it looks like we're going to have him around for a long time. I'm really excited about that. Uh, AC, what what are your thoughts on some of these preseason rankings? Well, I think preseason rankings, for the most part, not entirely, but for the most part, they kind of show. Uh, the state of your program at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And that being said, I think that these rankings are completely justified. Weber State is in a great spot with a great coach. We've got the best facilities in the conference. Three, three-time back-to-back-to-back conference champ. We're returning almost everyone. We're getting probably, in my opinion, better at quarterback. I don't know how you could have voted someone else, honestly. I'm, I'm not even trying to be a homer right now. Like, I just, I don't know how you could have voted for someone else in first place. I know the Montana's Montana, and they've always been there, and they win a ton. But Weber State is in a really, really good spot with football right now. They would have had, if I had a vote, which I don't, thank goodness. But if I did have a vote, Weber State gets my number one vote. Like, easy peasy. Volleyball, I'm a total Weber State volleyball homer. I love Weber State volleyball. I watch, like every game i'm i i love being involved with the program i just i love the volleyball team i think that weber state has the best setter outside hitter combo in the conference um some people might disagree with me and say that northern colorado does but to me ashland power danny nay that's like stockton and malone right there man ashland power is i mean she's already crushed she she was a junior this last year and she's already crushed the assist record in all-time assist record in school history danny nay's freshman of the year this team's going places. Jeremiah Larson, he's the man. Well-deserved extension. Volleyball, they're coming for it. They want that, they want that conference title this year. And like you said, freshman of the year in the entire conference, Danny Nay. Really, uh, she was a redshirt freshman last season and really made an impact. And then, um, like you said, that's a team that, of course, Northern Colorado is ranked uh, number one, and it was, um, and rightfully so, but like you said, Coach Larson is building something very, very special in Ogden, uh, something that hasn't been seen in a long time. We went to the championship for the first time in 30 years, the conference championship last year. So good things happening in Ogden with volleyball. John, what about you? What are your initial thoughts on preseason rankings for the Wildcats? Well, I would say, you know, first and foremost with the football team, and we've kind of discussed this over the past, you know, the past two shows, it's kind of what's coming to be expected right now. I mean, you know, ever since Jay Hill has taken over the football program, Weber State fans have expected to be towards the top in the Big Sky Conference and with a lot of talent returning this year and the improvement, you know, that I think most of us believe was made at quarterback. It's pretty, you know, it, it, it pretty much is what it is like we thought that they would be the number one team in the uh preseason in the conference and that's what the voters decided it was going to be um however i'd like to spend the majority of my time kind of talking about uh jeremiah larson uh a little bit um don't quote me on this but like when the big sky uh expanded to a place to where they only took eight teams from the conference from that time until i think like two years ago Weber State had never even made the Big Sky Conference Tournament before Jeremiah Larson uh, arrived on campus. And to go from that being basically a perennial bottom feeder in the Big Sky Conference to kind of turn things around and have that run in the basically NIT of the volleyball uh, of the volleyball world, to have that run last year. Um, you can quietly say this, and I know that he probably doesn't get a lot of talk on campus like he should, 
but he's quietly done probably the best job of any coach at Weber State over the past couple of years. If you want to look at like where the program was, where he took it over to where it is now that we are entering, I believe this is year five um, uh, for Jeremiah. So he's really done an excellent job in this program turnaround. Um, and you see the you know second place preseason ranking in the conference this year, and you've got to say it's well deserved from what he has been able to do over the past couple of years. Yeah, and like uh, AC mentioned, Ashlyn Power, this will be her senior season, so an opportunity to see she and Danny Nay play together one more time will be quite a treat on campus in Ogden, and hopefully they can make their way back to the top of the mountain, but this time come out the winner in that final set, uh, which unfortunately didn't happen for us in the tournament last year. Colby, I got to give a quick shout out to the volleyball senior class, by the way, from last year. Uh, Aubrey Adams, Hannah DeYoung, Megan Knighting, Elena Curry, those four, um, they're culture changers. They really are. Those four are, they're four ladies that, that the program was built around and they've really completely changed everything about Weber State Volleyball. Shout out to those four. Without those four, Weber State's not number two this year. Big shout out to those four. Yeah, and I would say that it's probably similar to what we saw on the football side where the, the, the senior class that graduated last season, they were the ones that started with Coach Hill. He was some of the first that he recruited saying, hey, come with me. We're going to change the culture of football at Weber State. And uh, they were a big part of what became the number three team in the country. Sean, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was going to make that exact same point, Colby, that the, the rise of football and the rise of volleyball have been on very, very similar paths. Um, you can track them almost identically uh, from hiring that new coach and, and the, the culture change that, that is there. Um, and, and just for anybody that's listening, if you've never attended a match in, in the Swenson gym, um, that place just rocks. It gets loud. It's a, it's a great home court advantage uh I, you get good crowds in there it is fantastic venue uh to watch volleyball it, it's just a really fun time uh to go watch that and and it, you're so up close and 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 to it you really see the power and the speed of the the match it, it's it's something to experience if you haven't definitely and they they'd love to have your support if you if there's an opportunity for you to go and watch we'll see what happens with sports on campus this fall but I wanted to get to what you all felt were maybe some of the dangers of being ranked so high, but maybe some of the pros, pros and cons of receiving these kinds of preseason kudos. Anybody want to take that one? I'm happy to, to lead off this discussion, Colby, because it's uh, uh, I, I think it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, the, the, the danger of it is the target is on your back, right? You know, you always talk about it, Weber State, and finally in football, Weber State's a big game for every team every Saturday. Everybody wants to knock off the three-time champ, right? So that's that's the danger of it. The pro of it is that you use that as a motivational tool as a coach, right? You got to say, look, we got to be prepared. We can't take any week for granted. There's no cupcakes because the Big Sky is the deepest and closest conference in the country in FCS, in my opinion, uh, from top to bottom, anybody can win on any given Saturday. And if you, if you lay up or, or don't put in the effort, you're going to lose. And that's going to cost you your national title hopes. So as a coach, you use that as the motivation to say, we've got to stay, keep focused every single Saturday. And that's the, the benefit of being the number one. 
Yeah, and I think that you're right. Uh, Coach Hill has definitely done that on the football side, making sure not to look past certain teams that we have around, like, say, the Idaho States. He always seems to take care of business at the end of the season. And I'm hoping that we see the same thing with Northern Colorado. Their recent coaching change with um, Coach Ed McCaffrey coming in. They have not been a great team of late, but presumably the, the new coach will change some things. And so we will see what they look like at the end of the season. And I don't believe that Coach Hill will be looking past them to the playoffs. Anybody else want to talk about the pros and cons? I mean, it's the hunter versus the hunted, right? And I think that the last few years, especially in football, probably football a little bit more so than volleyball, I think that uh, we've seen a team that's got a bunch of dudes that have a chip on their shoulders, you know, a bunch of guys who are out there trying to prove themselves and show, listen, Weber State, we may have been a bottom feeder in football for a while, but we're back and we're better than ever. I think that we see that with this team's mindset. I think we see that with this coach's mindset and with everything that he says. And so to me, I mean, it is a big change. It's a big change. Pros and cons, I think you can argue about those all day. But with this team, I think that it's a big pro because it shows, listen, we're at the top, but we're not done climbing. We're, we still have something left to prove, and we're going to show everyone. And So I think that this is another, another step in the progression of this program, and uh, I think it's another step to getting us closer to that natty that everybody wants to see, right? That's right. Well, and AC, don't you have the, the, the comment about uh, we've still got something to prove ourselves, right? Because we have not achieved our goals of making it to Frisco, Texas in football. That, that is the stated goal for the program. And until they achieve that, they've got something to prove. And we keep getting just a little bit closer and a little bit closer. But, but that's the hunger that you can get. I mean, but you can't look past the big sky. Because if we, if we look past the big sky, that goes out the window immediately. Yeah, John, what are your thoughts? Pros and cons? What's in your mind? Yeah, as you can say, I mean, we heard a little bit about the cons. Obviously, it has a, you know, it puts a, you know, target on your back and and, and people are going to be gunning for both teams um, this season. But I do want to talk more about one pro is that, you know, when you see your name at the top of these lists, especially at the beginning of the season, it's just another confirmation. It's an expectation setter. It's, listen, we deserve to be here. We have created a program where, um, it is the expectation that we're going to finish at the top of the conference. You know, the um, statistics, the performance and, you know, postseason events in the last couple of years have kind of uh, bore that out. And so it's just kind of it, it's just furthering the steps that, you know, this program continues to take on both the volleyball and the football side and shows that, OK, well, like we expect at the end of the day that we are going to be at the top of this conference, regardless of uh, regardless of the sport. and it also shows that, you know, our peers respect us in that way as well. They're like, okay, well, you know, we know Weaver State football is going to be, you know, either probably the first or the second best team in the conference this year. And that's recognized by everybody in the conference. Same thing with the volleyball team. And that's a great place to be in because you want to have high expectations in your program. You want to have expectations that we're going to compete in conference championships and everything. Excellent. So guys, I want to wrap this conversation up really quickly with a yes or no question for you all. What are the odds that both do you, I guess, here's how I'll phrase it. Do you think that both football and volleyball will win the respective Big Sky Championships this season? Yes or no? Sean, what do you think? Uh, if the season is played, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say yes to both. I, I think yes. the talent is there for both teams and and there's never been a better chance or opportunity for that double dip to happen. All right. 
AC, what do you think? Yes or no? Both volleyball and football will win the Big Sky Championship this season. One word, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you want to justify that a little, or are we just going to go on? All right. I love the ladies in volleyball. I absolutely do. I think Weber State football wins the conference title. From volleyball, I think that there's a lot of talent there, but Ashlyn Powers, who's basically the quarterback of the team, her arsenal got depleted a little bit in uh, this offseason with that senior class. And so um, I, I think that I need to see a little bit more out of the weapons that we have before I'd feel comfortable saying, yes, they're going to win. I think that they'll be at least number two. Okay. John King, what do you think? Both volleyball and football win the Big Sky Championship, yes or no? Um, I'm going to put a number on it. Uh, I think if you were an odds maker and you were, and you were, you know, taking this to Vegas and probably getting a parlay, I think you'd probably get somewhere between 15 and 18 to one odds that it would happen. I mean, I think football is probably a three to one, you know, chance to probably win the conference. Whereas volleyball is probably a five or six to one. Um, so it's not too much of a long shot, but I would probably say at the end of the day, both things probably do not end up happening. Okay. And I think AC made a really great point about, you know, reloading and on the volleyball side and needing to test out some of these newer folks who are now going to have to come up and replace the seniors that had such a great impact last season. Fellas, thanks for a good good discussion on preseason rankings. Really appreciate it. Really excited for the seasons. Uh, Thus far, volleyball has been delayed uh, until the later part of September, along with all Olympic sports in the Big Sky Conference. Football remains on track, but we will see what happens. So with that, we're going to go to our next segment. This is a game that we're going to call Best of the Worst. So I want you all to think for just a moment, what are, we're going to throw a little shade here. Who do you think are the three worst schools in the Big Sky Conference in terms of color palette or uniforms? You can Mix and match, you know, whatever. But I want to hear your three worst. So the worst, the second worst, and the third worst. John King, I wanted to start with you. Tell me who you think the three worst colors or unis in the Big Sky Conference are. All right, so I, I, I thought of this from a color standpoint. I put a lot of thought into this after, I, after seeing the rundown today. Right. Um, I looked at this from a lot of different ways. Uh, my third worst. Uh, I'll, I'll go three, two, one. Uh, my third worst is uh, Montana. I've just <laughs> never been a fan of maroon. I've never uh, name me one team like in any sport where maroon is a good color. I, I don't think you can. The Virginia Tech Ho- Hokies, no, thank you. The Washington Professional Football Team, even though I'm a fan of the team and that's my favorite NFL team, I've never been a fan of the color palette. Um, uh, uh, Harvard kind of has a maroonish color. No, thank you. Colgate. No, it, it, Stanford. it's Stanford. Good color. It's never a good color. And any team, like I looked at the list and I was like, okay, maroon, that's obviously one of the colors that sticks out to me. Got to be in the worst category. No, thank you. John right. dropping the Ivy League shade. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, <laughs> He's taking it all over the country. They, 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 they keep us from having football this year. You know, gotta got, got to throw it while we can, I guess. But uh, anyway, so then moving into the second worst, um, uh, I'm going to say Cal Poly. Um, okay. I'm going to say green and gold, not great. Green and gold, not great. Kind of a 
pukey color. Uh, the only reason I give them a little bit of an edge over the first team is that gold is a little bit lighter. Um, it's 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 a little bit lighter gold, and so it's not, I don't think it's as I don't think it's as bad. Um, I mean, when it comes to green and gold, it just I just have never thought of, of that as a great color. Plus, it was the color of my high school rivals. So, like, you know, didn't really like them, obviously, growing yeah. up. Um, so, just never liked green and gold. Um, uh, and then my number one seed, the worst colors in the conference, are Sacramento State, in my opinion. Um, obviously, capitalizing on that, uh, uh, on, on that green and gold. But I think the gold is just a much worse shade for Sacramento. And I just – between – the looks of the colors of their uniforms and then the green on the field, it's just not a good combination. I just think it looks terrible. So, and that would be my uh, uh, three worst colors in the Big Sky Conference, right? <laughs> I think they're all good ones. Uh, AC, how about you? Give me your three worst colors in the Big Sky Conference. Let's go. Number three, I agree with John. It's Montana. And the reason maroon is never the answer, ever, never, ever the answer. Not in sports, not when you're pulling a crayon out of the Crayola coloring box. It's never the answer. Montana's at number three. Number two, oh, there's, there's just way too much green in the big sky. Way too much green. And so he's already covered Cal Poly. He said Sac State. And so I'll put Portland State. Why not? They're the other green school. Okay. So Portland State, with just too much green. I don't, I don't dig it, man. Not my thing. Number one, though. Oh man, it's a close call, man. I there there are a few different schools I could have gone with, but I gotta say Idaho State just because it's black oh, and orange. Thank black you. and orange, man. No, that's disgusting. I don't care if you're the Bengals. I don't care if you're the Tigers. I don't care what their real colors are. Choose something else. Black and orange makes me want to puke every time I see it. I don't care if it's October 31st, every single day of the year in Pocatello, Idaho. You don't go black and orange. That's disgusting. I'm so glad you threw that out there, man. <laughs> Someone is obviously not a Halloween fan. <laughs> Yo, I dig Halloween, man. I dig Halloween, but black and orange, really? Come on. You got to do something better. It's bad. Plus, Holt Arena is garbage, and that just you know brings it down that much more. I, I call it the potato cellar. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. It's not a great facility. Sean, how about it's you? not a great venue what? for anything. So I, I struggle with this, fellas, because – um, I, I, I'm with all the rankings that have been presented all four. I, I'm not a, I'm not a green hater. So that those, the green teams, but here's how I looked at it. If we're looking at colors, I, I looked at the, all of them and I said, gosh, you got, you got these groups, right? You got Northern Arizona and Montana state and, and Northern Colorado. They're all kind of the blue and gold. And so how mm -hmm. do I break between them? You got Portland and I refuse to call it Sacramento state. It's Cal state university, Sacramento. Thank you. Um, and, and, you know, that's the green you got, the the other one that I forgot to mention, um, we said Portland, Sacramento, and my mind is blanking on me. You said Davis. And that was the other question is, do we count the affiliate members? Are we talking football? I mean, if you're counting the affiliate members like Davis, do we have to include Binghampton and men's golf in that, in that, uh, discussion? So, you know, you got all these groupings, but I, here's where I'm at. Um, I'm going to go uh, number three. Um, I, I want to put Montana number one so bad as the worst mm. color, but I, I, but I just feel can't. Um, I just can't. But true story today, uh, my boss is actually uh, from Montana, and she's getting married in the fall, and she had her bridesmaids dress on all the Zoom calls today uh, hanging up behind her, and it was Montana maroon. And I, I just told her, gosh, that's an ugly color. 
I <laughs> told her that today because I can't stand anything Montana. Um, and I love my boss though. She's listening. She, she's awesome, but got to change the colors of the wedding. Um, number two, I, I'm definitely with you on Idaho state. Um, and, and the orange, I, I, I got to agree with that. And there's only one reason why the black and orange is not the worst color in the big sky for me. And you guys got to go with me on this one. Roos field, Eastern Washington, that stupid red football field oh. where you can't stand to watch a game. That is the absolute worst. I generally like red and black as color combination. Um, I think Southern Utah does it well, but you got to get rid. They've been posting, the conference has been posting retweets of them installing the new red turf up in, up in Cheney. And it is just awful, 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 ugly. I hate it. I think that should be banned in the conference. Keep your football fields green. And, and uh, except for Boise, Boise can have blue. They were the originators, but anybody else get rid of it. And, and that red field makes that the worst color in the big sky for me. You Sean know. is preaching. Red <laughs> and black is a classic color scheme, and you screwed it up by coloring your football field red. What are you doing? <laughs> and not to mention, I feel like every time I've ever watched a game at Eastern Washington, it's been the most, like, dreary, rainy, just ugly gray day, which does not help sure. the look of the football field anyway whatsoever. It's true. And, and, and what? While we're while we're just dragging on EWU, can they get a new logo that doesn't look like the just Washington State wannabes? Another one of those maroon teams that, that that do that. The whole eagle with the EW, just get a freaking real logo, right? I'm, How I'm, hard I'm, could it possibly I'm, be? Yeah, if you're gonna put the letters in it, like it's got to be a little more natural than what it is. Like, don't force it. Like, an eagle is a great looking, you know, logo. As it is, you don't have to just force unnecessary letters down our throat. I mean, come on now. Now, I, I, I'm a beloved Weber State Wildcat. I, I think we should go back to the flying W. I, I'm gonna throw shade at our own school, the Tom and Jerry logo. I was not a fan um, when, when they released that several years ago. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the new, the new logos. I like the paw as, as that should be our primary logo. Go back to the flying W, whatever you got to do. So I, I can bash on my own university. We have our own logo problem, but Eastern Washington, no. And if I'm being honest, the red turf is exactly how this segment came to be because we all agreed in the Slack channel that the red turf was awful, that it's terrible. No one wants to see it, and yet the Big Sky Conference is ramming photos of them replacing it down our throat, and people are buying up pieces of it, which I would never do. <laughs> but uh, good discussion, guys, on best of the worst. We're going we're gonna to take this a little bit into the next segment, talking about decisions that get made and how things look. We're going to put you all in the AD's chair for a day at Weber State University. So... I want you all to sit back and close your eyes. You're sitting in your office at Stewart Stadium. You're the new AD for Weber State University. And I want you to think, in the first 24 hours, what are the changes that you make as AD to change things up at Weber State? John King, how about we start with you? So this is something. This is something I gave. Uh, I gave some good thought to. Um, uh, uh, that I gave some good thought to this afternoon. Um, as far as like you know, what most ads I feel like want to do the first thing they get in there, they want to leave their mark at on a, as 
on a facility standpoint on the university. I think for the most part, though, I mean, Weber State's facilities are in pretty, pretty good shape. The one facility change that I do think that would be a good add um, for for the university would be to add a turf softball field. Um, I know that the softball team has a really, really big following um, out at Weber State, and I know that the weather in Ogden, Utah, especially early on in the season, um, isn't always the best, and having a turf field would allow for earlier um, – uh, be able to host games earlier in the season, and I think that that would be good for the community because, I mean, the community, at least while I was out in Utah, really, really, really supported the softball team. Plus, we're always really good in softball um, too. So – as far as like actual facilities renovations went like that was really the only thing that jumped off the page at me. Um, the only other thing that I think that I would do is I would try and get the buyout on Jay Hill's contract as high as possible. That way when someone comes through and eventually when he does move, cause he will eventually move to the FBS level in my opinion. Um, that some school has to come in and they have to pay big money to pry him away out of this contract. And then that would allow, Weber State to kind of set themselves up for the future a little bit and be able to go throw money at the next high-profile coach to try and come in and keep the program moving in the direction that it is going in right now. Interesting. Both really good things and honestly not ones that were on my radar. AC, what about you? You're the AD for the day. What's the first thing or first few things that you would want to do? I'm the AD, so it's my rules. Mm -hmm. Right? All right. So I got I got three things. I think that uh, some of them might not be so realistic, but I'm the AD, so it doesn't matter. Number one, we got to do something with the W at Stewart State. There's so much potential there, so much potential. I'm telling you. So you think about other local schools, University of Utah, they light the U, right? Uh, Utah State University, they light the A after after big games. They light it blue. I think Weber State could do something like that with football specifically, just because it's not in a great position for the whole community to see it. But after a football game, they bring out the victory bell. The players are ringing the victory mm. bell. They could Love be it. doing something to light the W, light it purple, light it white. I don't care, but we got to light that thing. There's so much potential there, and we're wasting. That's number one. Number two, I would find a way to get a baseball team at Weber State University. Thank I don't you. care how we do it, but within 24 hours, we're going to have a baseball team if you put me in charge of things. I'm going to find a way. I don't care how we do it. And then number three, I thought about this, and I was like, well, maybe we could build some type of Wildcat Hall of Fame, Athletics Hall of Fame. That could be fun, but no. Number three, I spent – I, I was at the Montana playoff game this last year and it was snowing and it was freezing and I was wet and I was miserable, but we won. So it was awesome. But I would put a retractable roof on Stewart stadium and I'm going to hit up my donors and I'm going to get the money, but we're doing it because I'm the AD <laughs> within 24 hours. We're getting a baseball team. We're getting a retractable roof and we're lighting the W. I agree with two of those three things. <laughs> Solid takes though. Solid takes. I will say that there is club baseball on campus at Weber state. So if you are interested in watching Wildcat baseball, they usually play down at Fort Buenaventura in the spring semester. Uh, Sean, what about you? AD for the day. What are some of the first things, first changes that you would make when you sit down? Well, I was discussing I was discussing this with my good buddy Chappie uh, before we came on, and then he told me that we need to get a permanent W on the mountain. And I mm. said, that's not the AD's call. But I, I told him, I promised him I'd shout this out. And I know that there's a lot of fans there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that expect one of us to say fire Randy Ray. I'm not in that camp. I just want that to be be right there. I'm not going to fire Randy Ray on my first day. 
Um, here's, here's what I am going to do. I'm either going to fire or I'm going to hire a new marketing team for the university. Because I think, no offense to my, my buddy, Brett Hine, he does a wonderful job at the Standard Examiner, but advertising in the newspaper as the only form of advertisement for games and stuff is, is not how things are done in 2020. I hate when I'm driving through Ogden on I-15 and I see billboards for Utah State. Um, I hate when I'm in downtown Ogden and I see billboards for Utah State, right? We've got to get better marketing. We've got to get better marketing. Um, I would, uh, the other thing that I would do in my first 24 hours is no offense to the Wildcat Club. They do some great things, but I would get rid of the scholarship fee and reduce it in the D event center from 20 rows down to 10 rows so that you can get people lower in the bowl. I, I the scholarship fee, if you look at the D event center on any game day, row 20 is where the scholarship fee ends. Row 21 is packed with people, and there's like two or three rows from all of us that are too cheap to pay the $50 per seat scholarship fee. And when I'm buying six seats for my family, that gets really expensive with what's supposed to be good family entertainment. Lower the scholarship fee so that only the people on the, the west side of the arena or somebody else is paying it, but make it so the fans can come down. Make it all general admission. I don't care what we do. Um, I was talking with uh, 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 PA Voice of the Wildcats for Football, um, Dave Baggett the other day um, talking about his old promotion with the Raptors uh, where they got everybody in for free um, and you could pay a little bit to upgrade seats to get a reserve seat lower or closer to home plate. He said he took a bath on that promotion. Uh, but I think with Weber state, you could get enough corporate dollars to make it happen where invite everybody to come in the top 10 rows, of the arena are free. Just walk in, get people in the building. This is, this is what I, I the, one of the big frustrating things is when I go to a game and, and I've missed maybe four home basketball games in the last 12 years, 12 or 15 years, I, you know, so I, I'm there, I see it. And I, and it stinks when uh, the only time we, we even come close to filling the arena is when uh, Utah State or BYU come to town. And, and those games seem to be going away and becoming fewer and further between. So uh, we, we've got to find a way to, to market it. My favorite day of basketball is when they bring the fourth graders from the Ogden School District in and they bust them in. That atmosphere is awesome. I would love to see that. Why can't we get donors to get uh, tickets, make it a reading program, something good for the community where elementary school kids can get free tickets to any Weber State game that they want to go to. Um, the way we get fans and, and grow fans of Weber State University is start them while they're young, get them while they're kids, and 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 get them going. The other thing is I would make the bookstore do some promotions uh, for free books for college students to get the students to show out um, and, and get them. So if you attend a certain percentage of games, you can get a discount or rewards of free books at the bookstore because we all know the outrageous prices that, that students pay and free book at the bookstore is always a good thing. I would also um, find a way to uh, shame people who wear other teams gear Ooh. on game day. Yes. Uh, if, you, if you're wearing a, a, a BYU or a Utah t-shirt at a Weber State game, we're going to put you up on the video board and we're going to have Waldo come over and put an extra large purple shirt on you and that says shirt of shame or something to that. I wore another team's gear to a Weber State game. Oh. I mean, these, are, these, are, these are easy things that we can do to, to, to get that. So those are things that I would do. Um, but in all reality, I think the administration is doing a great job 
so far, but we've got to get better marketing. You want to grow the fans. You want to get more people. There's so many different options for things to do. You've got to give them a reason to show up. And talking about who the halftime show is, no, don't, you know, we're selling our team short. If you're, if you're coming just because your kids are dancing at halftime or, or we've got the, the Simon says, which is an underrated halftime show, by the way. Um, but uh, uh, we, we got to get uh, people to show up for the basketball. Weber State puts on a good product. Um, I'm, I'm on record as saying, gosh, in 2020, the D event center may be too big, much like uh, AC's retractable roof. I'd love to tear down the D event center as iconic, as great as it is, tear it down and build a 6,000 seat arena that we can fill and just have a rocking rocking atmosphere for those that actually do show up heresy tear down the d what is that i do love I the uh, I, I do love the waldo shirt of shame though because i can't tell you how many times that has pissed me off when i'm in a game some guys walking around wearing a byu hat at the basketball game and guess what brigham young is playing in provo that night and i'm like what are you doing bro you're in the d what what is this this is the purple palace so i love that idea and once again, anytime that I was on campus and somebody's walking around with U of U gear, it's like, hey, man, you're more than welcome to transfer, more than welcome to go down there and pay that much more intuition if you really feel that strongly about it. But up here, I, Wildcats. Colby, can I add one more, and, and it goes along the marketing. I, I want to fire the uh, Collegiate Licensing Commission guy, whoever's doing the licensing. Make it so we can actually buy Wildcat gear somewhere other than the bookstore. I love the bookstore. I buy gear there all the time, but I hate when I go to my local Walmart or Target and I see BYU gear, I see Utah gear, I see Utah State gear. The worst one is when I was in Park City Main Street, there's a sock store uh, right next uh, uh, to the No Name Saloon or right close to the No Name Saloon in Park City. And you walk in and they had socks from Montana, Montana State, Northern Arizona, and thinking Sacramento State. And I asked them, hey, where's your Weber State socks? And they're like, oh, they won't give us the license for it. What are we doing here? Loosen the license, free the license. I don't. Can we get a hashtag starting? You know, free the cat, something to 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 get to get the licensing, so we can get more diverse and better gear that can be purchased at a wider variety of locations. Excellent. Well, fellas, all super impactful changes on campus, and I agree that I would. I do hate going to the local store and seeing very mediocre Weber State gear, or I don't know if this happens to you guys, but every time I find a hat that I actually like, it's always a youth hat. I can't get that same Amen. design. I can't Amen. get that same design as an adult, and it really frustrates me. So my kid has got two really cool Weber State hats that I would gladly wear as an adult, but I can't get it. Frustrating. Obey. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, frustrating. But uh, I love it. I love I love the changes that you all have proposed here. I think it'd be a super interesting time to change. And I'm honestly very surprised that nobody said that they would fire Randy Ray. I'm I'm honestly surprised. I feel like there have been rumblings, but nobody went that direction. So, well, Kobe, invite me back at a future episode, and I'll give you 20 minutes on uh, why that shouldn't happen. All right. We'll revisit that in a year. I like it. Well, folks, appreciate all your takes today. Um, Unfortunately, we're going to move We're going to move on and we're going to talk a little bit about wrapping up um, no upcoming games. You know, kind of we're kind of in this dead spot right now in the season. 
So fans, if you want to reach out to the podcast, just email us at weberstateweekly at gmail.com. Happy to take your comments there or ideas that you have for the show. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Weber State Weekly, um, Twitter and Instagram with the same handle, handle at Weber State Weekly. And be sure to check out our blog and our website where weberstateweekly.com. That's where we'll be posting more thoughts beyond the podcast on the blog and uh, any upcoming events or um, places that you it's also a place where you can listen to the podcast if you so choose like we said at the top of the show make sure you subscribe rate the show on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast helps other wildcats find the show and make sure to tell your friends and with that until next week weaver state weaver state great 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 oh!